Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. What is happening? Is this real? Does no one learn from history? Look, I'm not perfect. Everyone can agree on that. But I try to look at the mistakes I've made in the past and I try not to at least repeat those mistakes again. I can make all new mistakes. But this is serious. Right now, a two-time killer, convicted two-time killer, is on the run. Now, wait for it. He's not just on the run. A prison guard was on duty at the time, Danilo Cavacante, uh, how do I say, crab walks up the wall. You can see the jailhouse video. He is, like, has his arms on one side. It's a very uh, narrow wallway, hallway. He's got his arms on one and his feet on the other, and he just climbs up, and he gets out through barbed wire fence, a double killer. And so far, he has managed to outsmart authorities for days and days and days. You think he won't kill you to get a place to stay or to get your vehicle or to get some money or different clothes? Because he will. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Bolo, be on the lookout. Take a listen to our friends at Fox 29. Local, state, and federal law enforcement spending hours into the night searching for Danello Calvocante, the 34-year-old escaping from the Chester County Prison just before 9 o'clock this morning. They had deployed canine units, drones, and helicopters in this manhunt. If you see him, do not approach him. We are asking you please to contact 911. He is considered extremely dangerous. Tom Pancoast lives near the prison. We locked the house up when we're in it now. Residents within a six-mile radius were notified of the prison break. Nearby Westchester University sending out an alert to students. It was honestly pretty shocking. Like, I was just in class and I got, like, a text everyone did and we were just all confused about it. No one knows what to do in this situation, so it's kind of just, like, one of those where you just stay inside if you can. I will never forget um, the night the Fulton County courthouse killer escaped. He was on an elevator with a female sheriff who was armed. He managed to disarm her and get away. I had just flown down to visit my parents from New York where I lived, and that was the first thing that I saw on the news as I was walking through the airport. And the whole city was in fear because this guy had committed many felonies, including murder, shot up the courthouse, including a judge I played softball with, uh, a court reporter that had been my court reporter when I was still a prosecutor. It just went on and on and on. These people have nothing to lose. Now, 
take a listen to our friends at Crime Online. When Daniello Cavalcante escaped the Chester County Prison, he was following the path of Igor Bolt, an inmate who was able to escape the same prison less than four months ago. Bolt broke out the prison by scaling a wall in an exercise yard, gaining access to the roof. According to the criminal complaint, a Chester County Prison surveillance camera captured Bolt's escape. According to the complaint, Bolt was able to scale a narrow hallway by placing his feet on one wall and his hands on the other, climbing the walls in a horizontal position until he reaches the roof. Bolt then runs across the roof, gets out of the prison by climbing down from the roof by the visitor's entrance where there is less security and running off the grounds on the south side of the prison. And more. After Bolt's escape, the prison called in a consultant who recommended razor wire be added to the roof. The prison made the change to the roof, but didn't account for the human error that occurred. The guard on duty saw Bolt escaping. The guard on duty when Cavalcante escaped wasn't looking. Cavalcante was on the run for an hour before anyone knew he was gone. Video released today shows 34-year-old convicted killer Danilo Calvacante scale a wall. From there, Calvacante made his way outside the Chester County Prison. At 8.51 a.m., Calvacante escapes from the prison, having crab walked up a wall, push his way through razor wire, run across a roof, scale another fence, and push his way through more razor wire. And passed a guard tower, where a guard was monitoring the prison yard where the inmates were. Okay, you're also hearing our friends at NBC10. And there's one more update. Listen. The acting Warden confirmed a different inmate escaped in a nearly identical fashion in May. In response, the prison installed razor wire on the roof, saying outside security consultants told them that would secure the exercise yard. But they say Cavalcante simply climbed through the wire on his way out, and a tower guard who was supposed to be watching the inmates never saw it happen. We're hearing that an eyewitness account was since confirmed by some trail camera footage placing Cavalcante in the area of Longwood Gardens, and that's really where a lot of the attention has been today. And puts him over in the area of Longwood Gardens. Eyewitness accounts and trail camera footage place convicted killer Danello Cavalcante at Longwood Gardens as recently as Thursday at noon. It's where officers with long guns once again descended today. Well, that's a lot to figure out. You were hearing from our friends at ABC and Crime Online. Okay, we've got an all-star panel to make sense of what's happening right now, but I can tell you this. He is long gone from that area. Uh, first of all, I want to go to Alexis Tereschuk, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter joining us. But Alexis, hold on just a moment. Right now, I'm being joined by an expert. He is called a geographic profiler. A geographic profiler. Now, we've heard of FBI profilers and these renowned profilers, and they basically, am I wrong, they always say, oh, it's um, introverted white male. That's always this what they say. And they're usually right. But that said, have you heard of a geographic profiler? I'm going to try and figure out why in the hay this is the second guy in a couple of months to escape the same way. And it's on video. What, what were the jailers doing while this guy is crab walking up the wall through the barbed wire and out? When you hear this guy's record, you're going to do a backflip. Let's just say you don't want to see his foot coming in your kitchen window. Douglas McGregor is joining us. You can find him at the Geo Profiler. Douglas, quickly, what is geographic profiling and what can you tell us about this 
guy. He's way gone from anywhere near that prison. Geographic profiling quickly. I'm just, I look at the spatial, temporal, environmental, and geographic elements of human behavior. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What? The what? And the what? And the what? And the what? I gotta write this down. I feel like I'm talking to a medical examiner right now. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, go ahead. I'm writing this down, and I don't know shorthand. Go ahead. The what? Okay, so the spatial, so space, uh, the temporal, so time, uh, environmental, and geographic elements of human behavior. Okay, you're gonna have to break that down for us dummies. Go ahead. That would be me. Spatial, temporal, environmental, and geographic aspects of this guy, Donnell Cavalcante. Go ahead, 34 years old, and he's changed his appearance. I'm going to get to that. Go ahead. Sure. So I mean, to start off, just the, the prison itself with the, with the two escapes now in the, in the, in the last little while, I mean, uh, th that comes down to environmental criminology as well, and that, you know, set TED, uh, crime prevention through environmental design, is one of the main concepts you consider when designing any prison or neighborhood, community, whatever it is, shopping mall. Um, and obviously, they have to, you know, you know they they have to better the 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 design of their prison. Uh, but did you say environmental criminology? Was that your terminology right there? Uh, correct. Okay. In other words, when you build a jail, you try to think of things like not having inmates escape. Exactly. That that that'd be your number one. All right. Got, I'm with you so far. Okay. Uh, and just uh, so that's just the environmental design of the prison. Moving on to the geographic profiling and looking at uh, a hostage, or not a hostage, a, um, somebody who escapes from prison specifically, um, you're, looking at, uh, you're looking at three different stages primarily. So the first stage is they're looking at survival. And there's no spatial, planned spatial element to that in the sense that when this person escapes from prison, and, uh, and they're on the run, their first goal is just to get away from the prison, get away from law enforcement, get out of the perimeter, evade the helicopters, the dogs, um, the, the human surveillance. And, and that's what Cavalcante did is he may have had a direction he wanted to go, which was probably north, but uh, the, the, the different factors involved and the infrastructure and the roads, they, all, they, brought, himself, they brought themselves to Longwood, the Longwood Gardens area. Uh, and again, he's, his goal here is survival. Why do you say he probably wanted to go north, but the conditions led him south to Logwin Gardens? Because stage two for a, for, you know, somebody who's on the run, there is resources. So his resources, which we now see is north. It's north up near, uh, East Pike, Pikeland, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and Phoenixville. So his resources were up there. His sister was up there. His uh, acquaintances, his former co-workers, mm -hmm. uh, his boyfriend, they were all up there. And, you know, that's, by the time you get to stage two, you have to have a geographic profile in place to account for those. You have to have that all set up. You have to do your social network analysis. Um, you have to do your, you know, your cell phone, your financial transaction okay, hold analysis. Hold on. Wait a right. So geographic profiling, first they're looking at survival, getting away, right. getting away from the perimeter, getting away from helicopters and dogs, uh, searching for them. Then they're going for resources. You say that this guy would likely have wanted to go north originally because uh, East Pikeland area includes his sister in France where he can get help, but he was driven south. 
Okay. I'm with you so far. Exactly. So he probably had a plan to go north. It just didn't work out. You know, when you first escape, all the adrenaline's going and you just, you just want to get away, get some distance. Um, and so that's what he did. But we see that once he was comfortable and once he noticed, once he realized that he wasn't being found, he gradually started to go back north, uh, which is why he came across the, uh, the, the, the dairy barn. Um, and he, it, based on the profile I quickly put together, it looks like he took the Route 52 all the way south to Longwood Gardens. Um, that's where the sightings were. And, and then he, he probably passed the dairy barn on the way down south, and then he reverted back north thinking he could get a vehicle from there, which is what he did. I'm with you so far. Hold on just a moment. Guys, you're hearing Douglas McGregor, a renowned geographic profiler. If you haven't heard of that, this is who they call in when they're, let's just say, between a rock and a hard spot and they can't figure out where the inmate has gone. They bring in somebody like Douglas McGregor. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Uh, Alexis Tereschuk joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. What happened in the jail? I understand that the alcove, as I was calling it a small hallway, it's got to be small because this guy is not that tall, uh, a little over five feet, and it's arms to legs, horizontal, and he crab walks up the alcove, or as I called it, a hallway. And Jackie's just pointed out correctly that the alcove itself is in the shadows. The lookout is in the sun. So the lookout wasn't seeing there correctly. But correct me if I'm wrong, in May, a guy did the same exact thing. And all the jail did was put barbed wire up on the top, and Cavalcante just went right through the barbed wire. What are they thinking? What's the guard doing? Well, apparently the guard, they had, so the guard was originally put on leave as they did an investigation, and then the guard had what? Been... You know what? Well, I don't care about him being on leave, okay? I hope he's watching right now. I don't want to hear about what they did after Cavalcante gets out. The guy is at least a double killer. Have you seen, you know what? Hold on. Who is Cavalcanti? That's what we need to figure out, to figure out, look, if you don't know a horse, look at his track record. If you don't know what he's going to do, look at what he's already done. Listen to our friends at ABC Philadelphia and Crime Online. In Brazil's northern state of Tocantins, there's a small town of Figueiropolis where, according to police, a violent former street gang member, Daniello Cavalcanti, is wanted for the murder of a 20-year-old man over an alleged debt related to a vehicle repair. Cavalcante allegedly shoots the victim six times, steals his cell phone, and is seen fleeing the scene in a car. Right after the alleged murder, Cavalcante takes off Cavalcante's plan to go from Puerto Rico to the United States. Okay, you're hearing our friend Dave Mack at Crime Online. Let that sink in just for a moment. 
With me, Matthew Mangino, high-profile lawyer, former prosecutor, former district attorney in uh, Lawrence County, Pennsylvania, author of The Executioner's Toll, The Crimes, Arrest, Trials, Appeals, Last Meals, and Final Words, Executions of 46 People Across the U.S. You got me at Final Meals. Uh, but Matthew Mangino, did you hear that? In Brazil, this guy gets in an argument over paying the repair for a car and just kills the guy, shooting him six times. He doesn't go to jail. He takes off his plan to go to Puerto Rico and then to the U.S. And he makes it. Now listen to this, Mangino. Shortly after arriving in the United States, Daniello Calvacante settles down in Chester County. Calvacante meets and begins dating another Brazilian national, Deborah Brandeo. Brandeo is a single mother of two children, ages seven and four. And although things start off nice enough, the Philadelphia Inquirer reports that Brandeo has to file for a protection from abuse order against Calvacante. In one incident, Calvacante allegedly bit Brandeo on the lip, causing it to bleed profusely while he chases her from her own home. In another incident cited, Calvacante allegedly chases Brandeo with a knife. Okay, wait a minute. It gets worse. CBS Philly. A Chester County man is behind bars tonight after he's accused of killing his ex-girlfriend in front of her young children. Police say Danilo Cavalcante stabbed Deborah Brandeo yesterday afternoon outside of her Schuylkill Township home. According to investigators, Brandeo's seven-year-old daughter and three-year-old son witnessed the crime and the little girl identified the suspect for police. The pain these children and all of Ms. Brandeo's loved ones are enduring as a result of the defendant's depravity is horrific. We will ensure that the defendant is brought to justice for this cold-blooded, premeditated, and despicable act. Cavalcanti was convicted earlier this month of stabbing to death his ex-girlfriend in front of her two young children. Last week, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. He was awaiting transfer to a state prison when he broke out. At first, I didn't think it was a big deal until I heard how dangerous the guy is. He really has nothing to lose. So this is like something that you see in the movies. That is who we're talking about. Danilo Cavalcante. He guns down a guy, shooting him six times in native Brazil, then comes here to the U.S., he beats and beats and beats his girlfriend, biting her lip till it bleeds. She calls for protection. Not long after that, he stabs her multiple times, stabs her dead in front of her two children. They're going to have that image in their heads the rest of their lives. The last time they saw their mother alive, she was being butchered by Cavalcante. And this is the guy, some prison guard with his head up as ASS, let's escape. When the tower was searched, when the tower was searched, they found the prison guard's cell phone, which was against procedure. What was he doing? What, on TikTok? Matthew, go ahead. So, Nancy, I mean, there's a lot of questions here. But, but, but my first question is, and having been a prosecutor and served on the prison board for eight years in, in western Pennsylvania, why was he still in the Chester County 
jail. I mean, they want to call it the Chester County Prison, but this is a county jail. And he was he was convicted. He was sentenced. He should have been shipped out of that jail to a uh, state correctional facility immediately. And the way the process works in Pennsylvania is you go to a diagnostic center where they evaluate you, then they send you someplace permanently. Security is 100% better in, in state correctional facilities. Um, leaving him there, knowing that this place has been susceptible to escape and how dangerous he was, is really a concern for me. I would have had him out of that facility the day he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Joining me is Dr. Jory L. Crawson. Uh very well-known and respected psychologist joining us, faculty St. Leo University, consultant Blue Wall Institute, author of Operation SOS. Dr. Jory, thank you for being with us. I'm right now almost speechless, not quite, but this is the guy, this, we're not talking about Otis and Mayberry, okay, that gets too much to drink and, and goes and locks himself into the jail cell and falls asleep. This is a guy who has murdered once over a car repair. Your husband is a mechanic, and then you get a call, 6 or 7 o'clock, he doesn't come home for dinner. He's dead. Because Calvacante didn't want to pay for his car repair and shot your husband, the father of your children, dead. And your life is changed forever. Then he goes on the run successfully to the U.S. via Puerto Rico. He settles there in Chester. And what does he do? Start beating, savagely beating his girlfriend until ultimately, of course, the, the calls to police and the TROs and the TPOs are not worth the paper they're written on. And now she has been stabbed, multiple stab wounds in front of her children. And now some a-hole at the local jail isn't watching, and the guy crab walks up and out. And so far, he's eluded police. We're looking at two weeks now. What about it, Dr. Jory? What kind of person murders over a car repair and then over an argument and stabs the woman dead in front of her two children? Let, let me add a different paradigm here. You know, we're talking about profiling. Doug did a great job on that. You know, we use like personality profiles. You know, that's kind of an American thing. In the different cultures, and when you're dealing with violent international people, there's a protocol called operational code analysis. People operate by codes. This guy's a gang member. Uh, the code or the motto for MS-13 is rape, murder, and control. That's the code that they live by. You, know, you don't really need to be able to identify, oh, this guy's a narcissistic with bipolar tendencies and all that, you know, maybe for treatment, but now you're hunting him down. So you need to identify the code that he operates by. <clears throat> and just like Douglas was saying, the time factor is very important. Mm -hmm. He probably knew that he had a limited amount of time in this county jail. And I agree that, you know, here in our area, when they're convicted, they're moved within 24 to 48 hours. They're out of our county facility and they're going to the uh, diagnostic center we have here at Lake Butler in Florida. So, you know, that's kind of a breakdown. He was aware of that and he 
that's the way he operated. Now, my concern is he's out on the street, okay? Uh, you saw the murderer down there. I mean, somebody that crossed him or he got angry at he killed, you know, so he's going to be very quick to respond in a very violent manner. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he is taken alive, you know, again, by that operational code that he has to himself, uh, he's going to probably want to die out on the street. He's not going to be looking to serve his rest of his life in a prison. So you're basically saying he won't go back alive. I'm not worried about him getting back alive. I'm more worried about who he's going to encounter along his way. Oh, definitely. In his attempt to get away. And he's doing a pretty good job of it so far. I'm embarrassed for law enforcement to say. And thanks to the prison guard, probably uh, scrolling through what would you say? Plenty of fish, tender, who knows? Um, maybe catch a little TikTok while this guy gets out a double killer. Guys, take a listen to our cut 12. This is Lieutenant Colonel Bivens from the Pennsylvania State Police. PSP was made aware of a sighting of Cavalcante in the East Pikeland area, uh, area of Chester County. Our investigation yielded the following occurrences. Sometime during the evening of September 9th, Cavalcante stole a 2020 Ford Transit van from an area approximately three quarters of a mile from the perimeter we were maintaining near the Longwood Gardens property. The keys had been left in the van and the theft was not noticed until PSP canvassed the area looking for a possible stolen vehicle after a report of a sighting of Cavalcante in the East Pikeland area. It was determined Cavalcante used the van and traveled to that area. And more, listen. At 9.52 p.m., he attempted to contact an individual he had known and worked with several years prior. Cavalcante spoke with the individual via a video doorbell at that residence and inquired about meeting with that individual. The individual was at dinner with his family and did not respond to meet Cavalcante. Cavalcante left that residence. The homeowner eventually returned home, reviewed his doorbell recording, and called local police. PSP received a call about this sighting and the next at 12.30 in the morning on September 10th, 2023. This was our first indication that Cavalcante had been able to travel from the area of Longwood Gardens. So he gets away from the Longwood Gardens area. I want to bring in Irv Brandt, Senior Inspector with U.S. Marshal Service, International Investigations, Chief Inspector DOJ, author of Solo Shot, Curse of the Blue Stone, also Flying Solo, Top of the World. Irv Brandt has handled escapees all around the world that go on the run. So we know we know he leaves that perimeter, Irv Brandt, but take a listen to what more we've learned. After an extensive search, the vehicle was discovered abandoned in a field behind a barn in East Nantmeal Township at 1040 a.m. Investigators have been searching the area around that location since that time. Cavalcante has brought the search here to Phoenixville and with it fear. Look at those surveillance pictures overnight. Good look at them. You can see troopers say this is Cavalcante changing his appearance, clean shaven with a green or yellow hooded sweatshirt and black baseball cap. He is still wearing green 
prison pants at this time. This sighting sparked an active search at about 4 a.m. State police believe sometime Saturday the fugitive stole a refrigerated van with keys inside from a local dairy farm. Just after 5 this morning, state police realized the vehicle was stolen from the Bailey's Dairy Farm. And at 1040 in the morning, it was discovered in East Nant Mill Township. So let me understand this. Irv Brandt, he's managed to steal a refrigerated dairy truck, having the keys in them. That's correct, Nancy. And if you'll notice, he used the vehicle until they ran out of gas. The search for an escaped prisoner, and I've done hundreds of investigations into prison escapes, they're, they're all unique. But this one is particularly unique because he's a Brazilian. He hasn't. He, he wasn't born in this country. He he wasn't raised in this country. He doesn't know anything about this country. He only knows the area that he's from. There, English isn't his first language. He's people will say, well, he's out now. He got a vehicle. He's long gone. Long gone to where? L long gone to where? Where people speak Portuguese? Where he knows people? He, He's got to have a plan now. At first, the plan was, let's escape from prison. I'll probably get shot going over the wall, but if I make it, I'll figure out something after that. Now that he's out and he's free, he went. The first thing that he did was went to former co-workers in the same area. And you would say, well, that's ridiculous. You know, why would he do that? Why not just get away? Well, he has no other choice. It's his only means of support. And the longer he stays out, and Nancy, this is highly concerning, is he's going to become more and more desperate. And he is going to take risk. He's going to try to rob someone. He's going to need money. He's going to need a vehicle. He's going to target people. He's going to target someone elderly. He's going to target a woman. He's going to target someone alone. Because he's going to need a vehicle, and then eventually he's going to get a hold of a weapon. And he's not, he's a killer. He's not afraid to use a weapon to get what he wants. And one of your guests said he's probably not going to be taken alive. I agree. He, he's probably not going to be taken alive. This is an extremely dangerous person. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Anyone with any information, they, they need to contact police. They need to help law enforcement get this person into custody. And the sooner, the better. The way you just broke that down, Herb Brandt, is um, chilling. I'm thinking about the next lady coming out of the Target in the parking deck with her kid and her arms full of stuff or the grocery store, or an elderly person getting in their car or going into their home. It will be child's play for him to overtake a lone female or a female with a child or an elderly. And we see also his M.O. changing. Uh, he will shoot you dead. He will stab you dead. It doesn't matter if he knows you or if you're his lover for months on end, and her children are watching. It doesn't matter. You were earlier hearing our friends at 6ABC and NBC 12 in the search for this guy.
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dr. Priya Banerjee is joining me, board certified forensic pathologist at Anchor Forensic Pathology Consulting, and that's where you can find her, anchorforensicpathology.com. Dr. Priya, you have handled so many homicide cases. Very often, we see people, especially those that are not as they say, organized killers, like they have a plan. This is a disorganized killer. He is trying to survive and be on the run. He doesn't have any particular M.O. Have you witnessed that before, Dr. Priya? Yeah, I mean, he's, it's been said a number of times, but he's especially dangerous now because before he had like an emotional connection to his you know, the girlfriend who he killed, and look how heinously he murdered her, right? 38 times stabbing in front of kids. Now the desperation's even added on top. I'm terrified of what he's going to do because it's no holds barred now. Guys, it's not the first time. Take a listen to our cut 32, our friends at KIRO. Understandably, security is extremely tight here at the Pensacola City Jail. On the second floor of this building, Ted Bundy is under constant guard. Authorities are very well aware of the fact that Bundy has twice escaped from jail, and now that they know who he is, they are not about to let him slip away again. When he was arrested shortly after midnight on Wednesday, he was just considered a belligerent speeder. He fought with arresting officer David Lee when Lee stopped him for speeding. Only late last night, following FBI fingerprint identification, did Pensacola police learn they had captured one of the most wanted and, according to the FBI, most dangerous criminals in the country. Escapes not once, but twice. Once, he uh, escaped through the ceiling of jail. The second time, he jumped out a window of the law library in a courthouse. Uh, it's not just Bundy. Remember this guy? Take a listen to ABC and our cut 34. A man who famously escaped two Mexican prisons. El Chapo seen here slipping beneath his prison cell, going through the floor of the shower, disappearing into the elaborate mile-long tunnel. We saw that tunnel firsthand in Mexico. Even the motorbike that was waiting for him in the tunnel to escape. This is the house where he just walked into and disappeared. But months later, Mexican authorities would storm El Chapo's hiding grabbing him outside one of his tunnels, turning him over to the U.S. Guys, El Chapo, incredible example of an escape. Ted Bundy escapes twice, but what about one of the biggest and most notorious jailhouse guard fails? Okay, wait for it. Our Cut 35, CBC. The New York Times is citing several unnamed law enforcement and prison officials who are saying that the two people guarding Epstein's unit uh, fell asleep the night that Epstein apparently took his own life and that they didn't check on him for three hours when they were actually supposed to be doing those checks. That's right. Epstein is dead. And along with him, all the information of any co-defendants or other victims. Yeah, because the guards fell asleep and were shopping online? Is that what happened? And Cavacante's escape? And, of course, there's more. How could you not notice like, a guy who's almost seven feet tall is having a sex affair with another warden? Hello, Casey White. Cut 31. 
WAAY. After more than 72 hours of this now major crime uh, investigation by the U.S. Marshals and state other federal partners is that there is now a warrant out for Vicki White, a warrant for her role in this escape. They now say that she was involved in the escape and they have a warrant for her arrest as well as they continue their search for this accused murderer, Casey White, here in Lauderdale County. Now a, a manhunt that reaches across the entire country. The sheriff confirming for us that they now believe the two had some sort of romantic relationship and that Vicki White was involved in this escape. What, nobody noticed they were having sex? And then this whole king, he gets out, Casey White gets out with her help, and of course, deaths ensue. And of course, there's the prison seamstress. We can't forget about her. Cut 37, CBS 6. The former prison seamstress who helped two convicted murderers escape from the maximum security prison in Dannemora has now been released. Joyce Mitchell admitted to smuggling hacksaw blades to inmates Richard Matt and David Sweat that they used to cut through cell walls at the Clinton Correctional Facility back in 2015. Their escape sparked a weeks-long manhunt that ended when authorities shot and killed Matt and shot and recaptured Sweat. Mitchell's initial sentence was up to seven years behind bars. Because no one was paying attention. That the prison seamstress was going in a closet and having sex with the killer, and they escaped. Once again, a prison fail. Here's another thing to take into account. Alexis Terrestrial joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. This guy, when he escaped uh, from another homicide in Brazil, he lived in the jungle. He survived in the jungle. Reminds me of Eric Rudolph, the Olympic bomber, who stayed on the down low for three years along the Appalachian Trail before he blew up two abortion clinics. Remember that? Shrapnel hitting my investigator during that time. This guy has lived in the jungle, Alexis Therese Chuck. He has, and the thing is, and he knows how to survive because he has broken into one house that we know of so far. And you know what he stole from there? He stole a bag of fruit. He's not even really stealing money or jewelry to sell or anything like that. He is stealing stuff because he knows what he needs to survive and it's fruit. He didn't take the, you know, Fritos or anything like that. So he is very aware of how you can live in the wilderness. Hey, Alexis, he's changed. We know he's changed his appearance. He's popped up on uh, either one or two ring doorbell cams and a hunter's cam that's set up. You know, you, you put up a hunter's cam and it's motion activated. He's caught on a hunter's cam out in the woods. How has he changed his appearance, Alexis? He, so when he escaped from prison, he had a beard and a mustache. And now he is completely clean shaven, completely. So he clearly had access to a razor of some sort, running water, which he could find in the wilderness if there was a lake or a river or something. But he definitely looks very different. That's a really good point, Alexis. How the hay did he get a clean shave? How else has he changed his appearance? Where did he go to get a clean shave? We know that he has gotten into a refrigerated dairy truck, keys in it. Um, but now somehow he's managed to shave and change his appearance. I'm looking right at him. He looked right up at the uh, hunter cam. Did he have those clothes? Because he's wearing a hoodie with a baseball hat under it and he's clean shaven. And he's wearing prison pants. And when he escaped, he was wearing, he wasn't wearing those. He was wearing the blue shorts. So 
did somebody, you know, from prison, did he sneak out the clothes in his in his uniform? Yeah, probably. And the prison guard wouldn't have known anything. Okay, to you, Douglas McGregor, geographic profiler, look into your crystal ball. Draw, draw on all your education and expertise. Where's this guy headed? Best bet. At the, at the moment, he's he's still in the, the life cycle of a fugitive, which it's not linear, it's cyclical. And after looking for resources up in the Phoenixville area, he didn't find them. Uh, law enforcement closed in, and he reverted back to stage one, which is survival and ditching the van. So now he's going to be looking for resources again. So law enforcement's going to have to do that social network analysis, and they're going to have to see where he's going to go next. Is he going to go towards a familiar community, a gang, Portuguese-speaking, Brazilian? Uh, is he going to go towards another acquaintance? I mean, he went to Virginia before, and there's an acquaintance-slash-family member down in Virginia, so he may go there. Uh, but he is going to be looking for those resources because the the stealing, the robbery, theft, it's, it's all – that's just a, a short-term solution. Um and, and it's risky. Yes, very, very risky. And Irv Brandt, remember the Fulton County Courthouse killer, actually went into a woman's home. He killed people along the way, but he went into a woman's home and held her hostage for food uh, and stayed in there for a period of time. What's his next move, Irv Brandt? Nancy, this is, that's what you said earlier about it being chilling. Uh, I only see this unfolding one way and it's badly. I did the Jody Thompson uh, prison escape investigation where he escaped from prison in northern Nevada and I tracked him in Las Vegas as he was robbing bars and I set up surveillance on every associate he had, every family member he had and it ended up in a chase with two teams of SWAT with helicopters, with canine units, and him doing a home invasion and taking hostages. That's exactly what I expect here, is law enforcement's gonna close in, he's gonna become desperate, he's gonna end up going into somebody's home, and he's gonna end up, and you're gonna end up with a hostage situation where he's likely going to die. There is a $20,000 reward for information leading to the capture of Danilo Cavalcante a double killer that we know of. Likely targets, females alone or with children or the elderly. Tip lines, 717-562-2987, 800-472-8477. One of the best tip lines, the U.S. Marshals, 877-926-8332. Repeat, toll free, 877 877- Nine two six eight three three two. Calvacante, you can run, but you can't hide. Goodbye, friends. America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.